Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Amen. Good morning, everyone. I trust you have brought your notebooks today and your Bibles because I'm going to give you a teaching this morning. And it's not possible to retain everything that I'm going to share with you. So uh, please take notes if you have uh, brought the, uh, your notebooks and your Bibles. I want to share a word this morning on the greatest ministry that the Lord Jesus Christ gave to the church. Does anybody know what that ministry is? Sorry? Yes. It's the ministry of prayer. Do you know that the Lord Jesus considered prayer so important that that is all he does at the right hand of the Father? For over 2,000 years, he has sat next to the Heavenly Father on his right hand, and the Bible says he continually makes intercession for us. That's how important the Lord considered the ministry of prayer. I'm not talking about salvation and reconciliation after we get born again. You see, you cannot receive a ministry unless you're born again. Amen? You cannot be commissioned into the Lord's ministry unless you are saved. Amen? So after you get saved, I believe that prayer is the greatest ministry the Lord has given to the church. Before I begin my lesson today, I want to share a few quotes on the subject of prayer. Charles Spurgeon said, I would rather teach one man to pray than ten men to preach. Andrew Murray said, The man who mobilizes the Christian church to pray will make the greatest contribution to world evangelization in history. John Bynum said, He who runs from God in the morning will scarcely find him the rest of the day. Andrew Murray also said, we must begin to believe that God in the mystery of prayer has entrusted us with a force that can move the heavenly world and can bring its power down to earth. So today we're going to talk about prayer 
the ministry of prayer that the Lord Jesus has commissioned every disciple of his. Some Christians are sitting in church waiting for the Lord to give them some ministry or waiting for the pastor to give them a ministry and they do not realize that they already have been called by the Lord into the ministry of prayer. You can accomplish far more through prayer than anything else. Amen? So today we're going to speak about kingdom advancing prayers. Not just any prayer, but prayers that shake heaven and move earth. And those I would like to call kingdom advancing prayers. And we're going to learn some valuable principles from one very ordinary woman. She didn't have a high office. She was not part of the priesthood. She was just an ordinary housewife. Her name was Hannah. But she prayed one of the most powerful prayers in the Old Covenant. I believe the church in Cyprus and Cyprus as a nation desperately needs people who can pray like this woman prayed. And so we're going to read a portion of scripture from the book of Samuel, the first book of Samuel, chapter 1, verses 9 through to 18. 1 Samuel chapter 1, beginning with verse 9 through to verse 18, and I'm reading from the King James Version. So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thine wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. And Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. 
And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. And so the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. The Bible says there is a time to rejoice, but there is a time for grief and sorrow. Have you ever read that in the book of Ecclesiastes? This woman experienced sorrow and grief. And in the abundance of her sorrow and grief, she poured out her heart to the Lord. And we're going to learn some valuable principles concerning kingdom advancing prayers. This is, the, this is an inspiring story of an ordinary woman who triumphed in prayer despite all odds she emerged victorious in the Lord. She could not bear children. She was barren. In those days it was considered a shameful thing. Year after year she would come with her husband and his two wives to the temple of the Lord, worship God, offer sacrifices to the Lord in the hope that God would hear her prayer, open her womb, and allow her to experience the blessing of bearing children. One of the greatest blessings that God has given you women is the ability to bring forth life into the world. It is a great blessing from the Lord to be able to bring life into the world. Amen? Do not consider that a small thing. It's a great blessing. I know it comes with pain, but when the pain is gone, joy comes. From her struggles, we learn some valuable principles, especially in the field of prayer. Principle number one, our primary purpose on earth is to bring glory to our Heavenly Father by establishing the influence of His kingdom here on earth. That's why you are here and I am here. That's the only reason when you got born again you were not taken up to heaven. God left you here. The reason He left you and I here is to make a difference in the world that we live in. To make a difference in our sphere of influence. And the most effective way to do that is through the ministry of prayer. When we pray the way God wants us to pray, we will always bring the influence of heaven here on earth. And thus, we fulfill the words of our Lord Jesus Christ when he said, when you pray, this is the way you do it. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. Jesus didn't just die so that you could go to heaven. He died so that he could bring heaven here on earth. Do you know that heaven is not your eternal destination? But earth is. The Bible says we will come back to earth. New earth. New heavens. And we will reign with Christ forever and ever. Amen. Now, I believe that if our Heavenly Father will do great and wonderful things through you and through me, then the kind of prayers we pray 
they must rise to another level. We must embrace a kingdom mindset, not a selfish one. You know, most believers in their prayers, all they ask for is about them and their children and their family, and it never goes beyond them. It's all about me and mine. That is not a kingdom mindset. That is a selfish mindset that does not belong to the believer. Amen? So if our prayers are going to make any difference, they need to rise into another level. They must go beyond ourselves and our own interests. They must embrace the interests of the kingdom of God. Seek ye first. What are we to seek first? The interests of the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all of these things will be added to us. We don't have to run after the blessing. We don't even have to seek it. When you put the interests of the kingdom of God and the will of God first and above all in your life, you become a magnet that attracts all of the blessings of God. In fact, the blessing, the Bible says, will overtake you. Amen. That's the way God wants us to live. <clears throat> Kingdom initiated prayers are never selfish. They are never self-promoting. They are prayed with the aim of giving glory to God and enhancing the lives of other people. Amen. And I believe that spirit-led prayers such as the one that Hannah prayed are recorded in heaven. One day, many of us are going to get a shock when we get there. The greatest rewards will go to people that are completely unknown. Nobody knows them. But yet, in the place of prayer, they brought the power of God down, they initiated revivals, they touched the lives of others. Amen. I really believe that with all of my heart. They will go to people who are unknown to us. Now, such prayers, spirit-filled prayers offered in faith by ordinary people on the earth have changed the course of history and the destiny of nations. Do you know that your prayer, prayed the way God wants you to pray, can change the destiny of this nation? It can change the destiny of the church. Amen. We need to come to the place where we believe that. Prayer is the greatest weapon that the Lord Jesus has given us. To use His name. In my name, He said. Ask whatever you will and it will be done unto you. In His name means that you ask in His stead. You ask what He would ask for. Not what you would ask for. That's what it means to ask in His name. Amen? Now, this woman, she prayed the most unselfish prayer any human being could ever pray. She said to the Lord, Give your maid servant a male child, and I will give him back to you all the days of his life. She wasn't praying for herself. She was asking God 
to bring forth a man-child for the interests of the nation of Israel. She had prophetic insight. You, you know, Israel was going through one of the darkest times in the history of the nation. The Bible says that vision was very rare. There was darkness. Why? Because the priesthood compromised the Word of God. They were living in sin. As a result of that, there was no open vision. The greatest need that the nation needed was a prophet, was a leader that could lead the nation into the ways of God. Another such prayer was prayed in the New Testament by Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. Because of his prayers, angels were summoned into his presence. Can you imagine that? Here you are praying and fasting and an angel of the Lord appears to you and gives you directions in regards to the salvation not only of your own immediate family but also of the Gentile nation. Now his exact prayer that he prayed is not recorded but what we see are the results of this man's prayer. His prayers opened the door for the Gentiles. You know that you and I are here today because of that man's prayers. Did you know that? The gospel was only preached to the Jewish nation at that time. They would not even consider going to the Gentiles. Yet this man's prayer caused heaven to respond by sending an angel into his presence giving him direction who to call and summon into his house and you know Peter needed a lot of convincing amen but who initiated this whole process one gentile Roman centurion Never underestimate or undervalue your prayers. Regardless of who you are, where you come from, which nation you're part of, if you are in Christ, you have been given the ability and the right and the authority to summon heaven on behalf of men. And can anything more great can be given to us? Anything more powerful? Some people brag about the famous people they know. <laughs> I know one who governs all and his name is Jesus. Amen. 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 Principle number two. Kingdom advancement prayers must have prophetic insight. If they are to go beyond your generation, my generation, and affect the lives of others in the generations to come, my children, my grandchildren, your children, your grandchildren, after you leave this earth, your prayers can still have an effect on the lives of those you leave behind. And that's what this woman did. The Bible says where there's no vision, the people perish. Some people, all they can see is in front of them. That's all. 
They can't see any further. They can't see 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years down the road. What's going to happen when I'm gone? I thought about that. And I have made provision that when I'm gone, my influence will still be growing through my sons in the Spirit. So, kingdom advancement prayers must have prophetic insight. What do I mean by that? What it means is that we should live so close to God so that we can pick up His heart and His mind. So that we will know by the Spirit the things that Father desires to bring to the earth through you, to give birth to. What happens when two people share intimacy, husband and wife? What happens? Is a baby coming. When you and I share intimacy with the Father, wonderful things are being birthed in the Spirit. We need to pick up the mind, the heart, the desires of our Heavenly Father so that when we pick up, that's, that, is, that is prayer. Prayer is not just mouthing words. It's discerning the heart of God, the desires of God for this nation and the nations of the world and picking up His heart, His burden, His grief and the vision from God and begin to pray and intercede to bring those desires here on the earth. That is the highest form of prayer. It's prophetic. The Bible says, Howbeit when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will do what? He will guide you into all truth. But not only that, He will show you things to come. Why does He show them to you? Number one, so that you can be prepared for them. Things in your own life. And number two, so that you can pray the will of God through. And bring it from the unseen realm into the seen realm through your prayer and faith. That's what faith does in prayer. They reach out into the unseen realm of the Spirit. They grab those things that God has prepared for you. And they bring them into the seen, natural, physical world. That's prophetic. Not only that, <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 and 10 says, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has already prepared for them that love Him. How many of you love God? Well, the Bible says that God has prepared has already prepared. Not going to prepare. They are already prepared for you. They've been deposited into your heavenly account. Not just material things, but spiritual things. Wonderful works that your ears and your eyes, your physical senses cannot discern. But we discern them by the Spirit. For the Word says, But God hath revealed them to us. How? Through the Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, even the deep things of God. That's why God gave us His Spirit. And His Spirit lives within our spirit. You want to know what the will of God is for your life? Listen to your spirit. 
eternity has been placed within our spirits. The plans, the purposes of God have been deposited deep into our spirits. People who learn to listen to the hearts or the spirits are the most successful people on the face of the earth. Because they've learned to listen to the heart, to the spirit. Because God's spirit dwells within our spirits. Now Hannah prayed such a prophetic prayer. She discerned the greatest need that the nation had. Someone said, you don't like your president? Then give birth to one you like. <coughs> That's what God does. When he decides to do some great things, he has a baby. Yeah. And he wanted to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. They've been slaves for 400 years. What did he do? He had a baby. When he decided to save the world, what did he do? He had another baby. <coughs> Amen. God's ways are not our ways. Amen. So she prayed such a prophetic prayer that embraced the desperate need of her nation in one of the darkest times in Israel. You see, Israel needed a leader. And one of the things that we desperately need in our churches today is godly, honorable, powerful, anointed leaders. Prophets and apostles and pastors and evangelists who will lead the house of God, the people of God, into their promised land. That promised land is called the rest of God. Amen. Who's going to bring forth these leaders? The church, you and I. Amen. You have a significant ministry. Ask the question, what does the Lord want to accomplish through me? Why am I here? Have you ever asked that question? There's more to life than what you and I are experiencing. Amen. Amen. Much more. What does the Lord want to accomplish through me in my sphere of influence? What does He want to bring into existence through my life, through my prayers? It would benefit us much, I believe. If we would take the time in prayer and ask the Lord, add a little bit of fasting too, to help us draft our own mission statement. Amen. I like to know where I'm going. I like to know why I'm here. I like to know why God sends me to Cyprus every now and again, or sends me to another nation, or sends me to an individual. I want to know. Amen. God places no premium on ignorance. God wants you to know. Amen. That's why Paul prayed for the church and he said that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. What? In the knowledge of him. So that you may know what? The hope that is attached to the call of God on your life. What are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in you? 
and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us were to believe that's knowledge I believe the greatest commodity on the face of the earth is knowledge that's why God says I'm going to give you shepherds after my own heart who will do what who will feed you with knowledge and understanding Wow you know one of the greatest gifts that God has given to the body of Christ is pastors and teachers what do they do they feed you they feed you with knowledge and understanding all you need is knowledge wisdom understanding the Bible says a house is built on the wisdom of God you want to build anything that will last the test of time you got to have three things wisdom understanding and knowledge that's why you should honor your pastors not with lips but with deeds encourage them often amen honor them in a practical way have them over to your house for a meal write him a letter tell him how he has encouraged you over the time that you've been here put some money in the envelope not that he needs it hello are you with me and give it to him give him a hug and tell him how much he means to you because he's a man that was sent from God to feed you with knowledge with understanding and to bless and enrich your life through the Word of God pastors need encouragement too this is one of the most difficult nations to work and minister the gospel of Christ very tough but thank God is giving us a breakthrough through our prayers praise the Lord <clears throat> once you have defined and clarified your mission then you begin to pray into it saturate it with your prayers and God will give you wisdom how to proceed years back I got born again unconsciously I was led to pray daily no one told me my pastor didn't tell me I was just led by the Spirit I wanted to pray I came a verse I came across a verse of Scripture that defined my ministry to this day God used the word and he imprinted that scripture into my spirit and I knew that I knew that I knew no one told me no pastor told me but the Spirit of God revealed to me that my path would soon change from a businessman to a preacher and so I prayed I took that scripture and I prayed into it I prepared my heart in the Word of God I made an office upstairs in my business and spent most of my time studying the Word listening to other men of God so that I could receive from their ministry hours and hours why because I knew where I was going do you know where you're going Do you have a plan or are you just experimenting life God wants you to live your life with precision and with excellence and that can only come about if you're a person of prayer amen principle number three we must find the courage and the strength in the Lord 
to rise above reproach, above failure, above disappointments, and with our prayers give something to God that he can work with. That's what this woman did. Hannah experienced failure and humiliation for a long time. Her husband had two wives. The other one could give him children. And this one who could give him children was at the throat of the other of Hannah, mocking her, ridiculing her. You useless, you worthless, you nothing, you can't even bear children. Every year she would mock her, humiliate her. That's what the devil does. She could have easily given up in her disappointment, in her failure, but thank God she didn't and became a bright example for all of us today. You know what I believe? Many a kingdom prayer has been buried and silenced under a rubble of pain, rejection, failure and disappointment. Buried. There are, there are some situations in our lives that are so painful and so hurtful we'd like to close the chapter and move on. I know. It happened to me. One day the Spirit of God spoke to me. He said, go back to that chapter. I haven't finished yet. You've given up. I haven't given up. It was too painful to deal with it. And I believe many a kingdom prayer has been already buried under that rubble of pain and disappointment and failure. You've prayed and no answer. You prayed and there was silence. And so you decided, what's the use? And you moved on. But God hasn't. Hallelujah. The reason the case is this way is because we identify more with our pain and our hurt rather than our destiny in Christ. Say amen. We allow the pain and the hurt to define who we are. Amen. Rather than allowing the Lord and His Holy Word to triumph through us. It is our choice whether the enemy will succeed in silencing us in prayer through opposition or whether we will allow the Lord to rise up within us and pray the kind of prayers that God can do something with. A refusal to give up, to give in, to let go and to walk away. She said to the Lord, Hannah, the Bible says she was in bitterness of soul. In other words, she became desperate. She said to the Lord, remember me. That does not mean be mindful of me. What she was saying, Lord, do something about my situation. I'm not willing to live this way any longer. Principle number four. Kingdom advancement prayers are usually accompanied by sacrificial giving and with fasting. Listen to 1 Samuel chapter 1 verses 7 and 8. We didn't read these verses, so here they are. And so it was year by year when Hannah went up to the house of the Lord that the enemy provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. In other words, she fasted. 
Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? I believe that when prayer is accompanied by fasting and sacrificial giving, it enters another dimension in the realm of the Spirit, which ultimately moves the heart and the hand of God on our behalf. Not only did she fast, but she gave. What did she give? The son that she would have. I will give him to you. She sacrificed her son so that all the days of his life would be out of her house serving God and the nation of Israel. She added giving to her prayer. Amen. We see the same principle working in the life of the Roman centurion. When the angel of the Lord came to him, you know what he said? He said, Cornelius, your prayers and your generosity have risen before God and built a memorial on your behalf. You know what a memorial is? It is constant reminder of you and your situation. That's what we can, we can build a memorial for us and our families. How? Through our prayers and our generosity, our giving. It's powerful. When you add fasting and giving to your prayers, expect an unanswered prayer to be answered. Amen. Is anyone here who has an unanswered prayer? You've been praying and praying and praying and praying for that lost child, for that wayward son or daughter or a loved one. You've been, no answer. Well, you know what to do now. I've experienced that and I've seen others experiencing it. Principle number five. Hannah refused to be comforted by her husband's love and she pushed through for an end to her barrenness. You know, the Lord will comfort us in our trials. You know that because He loves us. He will comfort us in our disappointments, in our pain because He loves us. He cares for us. But let me ask you this. Shall we rest in that alone? in the comfort of the Lord or shall we press in like this woman did for final victory and an end to our barrenness as a church and our humiliation our altars are empty when last have we seen a person being born again truly born again I long to see my country fellow and the Cypriots come to the Lord they are so how can I put it engrossed in their lives they don't need anything they don't need God does our heart weep do we care hello I believe that complacency is the number one killer of kingdom prayers when we become satisfied with where we are, become content and satisfied with what we have in terms of our spiritual growth,
Do you know what happens to our voice in prayer? It is silenced. This woman was desperate. Hannah became so desperate that she refused the comfort of her husband and pressed in to obtain the best that God had for her. Through my experiences in the Lord, I have observed that there are times when God will sovereignly pour a spirit of prayer upon us and we will pray fervently and passionately. Especially when we sense a new season approaching. But in most times, God expects us to rise up and stir up ourselves in the place of prayer. That's why Paul said to Timothy, stir up the gift of God within you. Don't let it go to sleep. It is our responsibility to stir the Holy Spirit within us. And the Holy Spirit is primarily a spirit of prayer. You stir up yourself and get hold of God. And that's what this woman did. And I believe the Lord wants to see a measure of desperation in our prayers. The kind of desperation that Hannah displayed. Someone said once that the kingdom of God is for the desperate. Have we reached that stage of desperation in our prayers? Have we cried out to the Lord from the depths of our heart because we cannot live without that answer to prayer? Principle number six. Humility and submission to God's delegated authorities is indispensable if our prayers are to move heaven and shake earth. Notice Hannah's attitude towards an insensitive high priest who could not tell the difference between grief and drunkenness. He accused her of being drunk. He couldn't discern that this woman is not drunk. This woman is in desperate grief and sorrow. But notice how she responded. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord. Listen to that meek and a quiet spirit. What would you do if your pastor comes and accuses you of something that you're completely innocent? Is that how you will react? Or you're going to walk out and say, how stupid can he be? Can he not tell the difference? D doesn't he discern what I'm going through? Is he so um, untouched with what I'm going through? She said, no, my Lord, I'm a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine. I have drunk neither strong drink but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and my grief have I spoken. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. Notice that God used the mouth of this insensitive, lukewarm, compromising high priest to give her the answer to her prayer. God didn't answer her directly. He used the authority that she was under and blessed her. 
We need to learn something here. That is why I say that humility and submission and respect and honor to God's delegated authority is indispensable if you want your prayers to be answered. You walk out of here and you badmouth someone, you badmouth your brother, you badmouth your sister, you badmouth your pastor, you don't expect your prayers to be answered. You're wasting your time. You see, there are principles that are intertwined, amen, with answered prayer. And we have to adhere to them. This woman was an example of humility and honor towards spiritual leadership. And principle seven, I only got two more. Principle seven, there has to come a time when we stop asking and we need to start believing that we have the petitions we have asked of God. John says, 1 John 5, 14 and 15, and this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. That's called faith. Amen? That's called faith. When Eli confirmed to her that her prayer has been answered, the Bible says she went her way, she was no longer sad, she wasn't grieving anymore, she ate, and she went her way rejoicing, believing that God has heard and answered her prayer. Long before she saw the evidence in her belly. That's faith. When we pray, I believe, such kind of prayers, kingdom advancement prayers, inspired by the Spirit of God, what God does, He drops something supernatural into our spirit that enables us to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that God has heard and answered our prayer. We know that we know that we know. That something supernatural is called the gift of faith as it is listed in 1 Corinthians 12, 9. You know. This is not just your faith. It is the faith of God that is added to your faith. And you begin to believe the most impossible situations. That is the gift of faith. Amen. And finally, principle number eight. Hannah kept her promise and fulfilled her vow to the Lord. And she said, O oh my Lord, as thy soul liveth, I am a woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, she had the child in her, in her arms. And the Lord had given me my petition that I have asked of him. Therefore, also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And she worshipped the Lord there. Kingdom people, keep the promises. I cannot tell you how many people, how many believers I met throughout the years promising things to God, promising things for the church, and then they walk away. I'm going to do this when I get money, when I do this, I'm going to do, Lord, I promise you this, I promise you that. 
They forget the promises, they forget the vows, they walk away. Some of them are in the world. Can't handle fame, can't handle success. But this woman, she kept her promise. And kingdom people keep the promises they make to God as well as to the, follow, to the fellow man. They follow through on the commitments no matter the cost. These are the type of people that bring glory and honor to God. I trust that you have learned something valuable today. If you've been discouraged through unanswered prayer, you've been praying and nothing happened, you've been praying, I want to encourage you, don't give up. Take the example of this woman. You know, I have learned then when I meet silence from the Lord concerning a request, it is not a denial. It is an invitation to press in closer to the Lord. God wants the church to develop a backbone in prayer. A strength that refuses to give up, let up, let go and walk away, but stay in there until final breakthrough. Jesus taught us that. He said men ought always to pray and never faint. And he gave the story of the persistent widow with an unjust judge. He said if this man who does not fear God, doesn't care for people, gave in to the persistence of this widow, how much more your loving, merciful, kind, good, heavenly Father will not hear the cry of his elect that cry out to him day and night. He will surely answer them. But then he ends, the, he ends the parable with a question. Will the Son of Man find such faith when he returns to earth? We live in an age that is, how do you call it, um, instamatic, everything we want at instant, microwave culture. When it comes to the kingdom of God, nothing works instantly. It is the principle of sowing and reaping. And sometimes, or most times, you don't reap until a long time later. Then he gave the story of a Syrophoenician woman whose daughter had a demon, came kneeling before the Lord, beseeching him. The Bible says Jesus ignored her. He didn't even say a word to her. She didn't give up. In fact, she was not entitled to any blessing. She had to face the wrath of the disciples, sending her away. Jesus said, I'm sorry. I'm not sent to you. I'm sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. <laughs> you know what she did? She still refused to give up. <laughs> she said, Lord, I, I, I understand that, but even the dogs eat of the crumbs that fall from the master's table. All I need is a little crumb. The faith of this woman. Jesus' compassionate heart was moved to such an extent, said, woman, great is your faith. He hasn't even seen such faith from the nation of Israel that he saw in this Gentile woman, whom he called a dog. Imagine you being called a dog. But she kept, she kept coming, she kept coming, she kept coming, and she got what she came for. 
Why do you think all of these things were written in the Bible? The Bible says for our admonition. You have received the most powerful ministry on the face of the earth. I'm going to ask you, what are you doing with it? Are you bearing this ministry? Or are you exercising your faith in the power of prayer? Take yourself off of your mind. Embrace a bigger vision. Ask God to give you a kingdom mindset. And know that he placed you here so that you could be a blessing to other people. We focus so much on us being blessed. Yes, we are blessed with the blessing of Abraham. Yes, with all spiritual blessings. But to what end? Why has God blessed you so much? So that you can become a blessing. That's what he said to Abraham. Let's not forget the second part. He says, I will bless you and through you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. I will bless you so that you can become a blessing. Let's not forget that. And if every one of us embraces this mindset, our churches will explode. We will see revival. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your precious word. Thank you for your spirit's presence. And most of all, we treasure, Lord, the convicting power of your Holy Spirit. And Father, forgive us for having undervalued, underestimated the ministry of prayer, the kind of prayer that shakes heaven and moves things on the earth. Forgive us, Lord, for not understanding, for not having the revelation of the value of the ministry of prayer. And today, Father, we pray that you would open our eyes and our hearts and embrace a greater vision than ourselves. Help us to see the future that you've prepared for us and pray that future into existence. Help each and every one, Father, within the sound of my voice to define their own purpose, the purpose in life, the mission. And Father, even to write it down, as your word says, write the vision down, make it plain. Help us to see the world beyond us and enable us as your church to bring forth into existence things that do not yet exist through the ministry of prayer. We ask this in, Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. <coughs> amen, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.